You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hey everyone, Matt from Occupier here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of the Fully Occupied Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening platform or just shoot us a note at marketing at occupier.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on future guests, topics you'd like to hear about, ask us any questions you have, or just say hi. Enjoy the show. So we've got uh, Bonnie Bibra and Yulia Costantino, who are the founding members of the workplace team at Hello Office. Um, Bonnie, Yulia, why don't you uh, take it away for some introduction? Yeah, thank you so Matt, so much, Matt, for the intro. Um, really great to be here and talking about all things workplace. Um, just to give you guys a brief background of where we've been, um, we've kind of started at some major hypergrowth companies from pre-IPO, post-IPO to public companies. And we've kind of done it all from running a workplace situation where it was a 500 person company to going into 2,000, 3,000, 10,000, and then back to 50 people. We've kind of um, been in the trenches. We know what it kind of takes to get things from point A to Z and to keep things going. Um, And we've done it globally. So it's been quite an adventure being in-house and being able to really shape the workplace environments and the physical spaces that people have uh, been used to. And now going into this next chapter of what does that mean for our future? It's been such a fun ride. Um, And Yuli and I have such parallel experiences in in the companies we've worked for in terms of um, the workplace environments we've built the kind of companies they are and where they are, where they stand today. Um, we've been at the Pinterest, the Tesla, Zynga, uh, kind of broke, broke free a little bit. Um, I landed at LinkedIn for a hot second. Um, and then, you know, and Yulia actually can speak to what she's done um, on her own, which is quite an amazing adventure. Uh, I don't know, Yules, if you want to yeah. chime in on all the things you've kind of done and then where we yeah, are today. We, we've been hanging out for quite some time and it's, it's great talking <laughs> to you, Matt. I know we've also been in touch like through the years talking shop and so excited to be here continuing, uh, you know, talk about all things workplace. Uh, but yeah, talking about workplace, uh, Bon and I had a, you know, kind of a, a, a fun ride through all the various companies that she mentioned. Um, and then, you know, last year, um, I actually went out uh, and started my own uh, workplace as a, as a consulting firm, a workplace as a service, with my partner, Jen Wen. Um, and, you know, our goal was an mission to deliver workplace as a service and what we wanted to help companies just like navigating through all the changing environments. Um, when we were on the client side, um, you know, we always felt we work with so many partners, but we always felt that a lot of kind of the internal stakeholder management was done prior to the engagement with that vendor. So with uh, our expertise and being on the inside track, I always thought that, you know, why not take that experience and take those expertise and then now be like a value add on to all the clients. So, um, you know, it, it was interesting just 
providing a workplace uh, as a service and being a plug and play team, you'd be amazed how many companies are out there that are either scaling and growing really, you know, going through that hyper growth, or maybe they do have already an established team and they just needed a little help with um, different projects. That was, um, fast forward to today, how we got to hello, you know, we were providing this service. Um, we were talking to a lot of different clients and uh, running into um, Hello Office uh, group and started the conversation, how can we be both? Um, so what's very unique about Hello Office mm-hmm. is we are not only the internal workplace team, um, you know, but we are also providing workplace as a service. So it's a little bit of both, which has been um, very exciting yeah. and new. Yeah, I think um, to piggyback off that too, it's um, what we realized on the client side, and we were joking about this even yesterday, I was like, we're kind of like the sounding board or the workplace <laughs> therapist, like, we didn't have what we what we're bringing to, to people, we didn't have that. And I, as a resource, and honestly, as I start to think back on my career, and where we were when the company was 100, 200, and then to a thousand people overnight, I wish we had somebody to talk to that had gone through some of these challenges and these opportunities so that we could kind of like, you know, not go through some of those lessons learned over if it's already been lived by somebody else. I would love to take that knowledge and apply it to where I am. So I, I really think that's something that um, that's what kind of pulled me into Hello Office. Like, Tell me a little bit about how it was founded what its mission is and how you guys fit into that. For sure. Um, I could start us off on that. Um, <laughs> I think um, what's interesting to us again, like we're coming from the client side. So a lot of this is new. you, um, but what was really um, fascinating was the way that in which hello office has been modernizing the commercial real estate and brokerage arena. I think it, from our perspective as a client, it is pretty, um, uh, siloed in ways that we feel that we can differentiate that for folks. Um, we're trying to not be so outdated and out of touch with what's going on. When we offer up solutions or benchmarking, it's it's now, it's based on real data. It's based on our own experiences and the experiences of our clients that are relatable. They're human. There isn't um, this machine that's just pushing out information and hoping for the best. Like we've lived in it. We know what it takes to kind of maintain an environment after the real estate search is done. Um, and I think that's really, that's really hard to come by. Like, I don't, I don't know from a client's perspective, like it, it was hard for us to really fill those gaps. And, uh, and for my own personal opinion, I think that's what we're trying to do mm-hmm. with Hello Office. Yeah, Bon, well said. Um, you know, when we first met Hello, you know, uh, basically it's, it's a technology powered commercial real estate brokerage. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we started talking to the founder, um, Justin, about what does that mean to, you know, first of all, kind of reimagine how people find space or how people define where they work. Um, And we kind of joked how, you know, there's no workplace component to it now. Um, Back back then, it didn't exist within Hello as a kind of core function. Um, So we started talking about ways, like how can we reimagine and redefine, you know, how uh, current process is just so rigid and outdated. I mean, you, you see how, you know, information is being passed, it's, it gets stale fast. So how can we rely on technology, you know, and then also bring in the team 
uh, like ourselves who are hands-on leaders to help, you know, right. insert best so practices, differing a little bit from help our clients. a typical brokerage model where um, the brokerage is a standalone service. And then after that, it's like, kind of good luck to you. We'll let you know when your lease is renewing and we'll talk again. You guys are taking, <laughs> taking up a ton from <laughs> the office space search and lease negotiation yeah. and carrying that over into, okay, like how does your company now live in your space at 50 employees today, 500 employees, two years from now, 5,000 employees when you get IPO and providing that as an outsourced service, which is kind of cool because I mean, you guys shouldn't be so mm -hmm. modest. Like we're doing this at Tesla, Zynga, Pinterest. Those are obviously all household names where, <laughs> um, probably the outside employee or even people that started those companies and grew them didn't really know the importance of workplace. So I think it would be beneficial just to get a definition of workplace mm -hmm. on the table. Like what is workplace? Uh, I can jump in, Bon. Uh, workplace, it, it's, a, it's a place where people do their best work. It, and I, I think I like I, I have to repeat it to myself to be like, OK, it's just a place where people do their best work. It doesn't mean it's in a, in a office. It doesn't mean a home. It could be anywhere now. Where are you now, Bon? Like, where are you sitting today? Where, where are you working today? I am in. Uh, luckily, I have Internet that sort of works in my office at home. And I'm lucky <laughs> enough to have like a little bit of a nook that I call. Uh, yeah. See, I mean, I am in. In the, in the bedroom today where apparently I get the best Wi-Fi and the phone connection. So that's just where I am. Um, but I also think uh, just, Matt, like a real-life example, what you just said earlier about kind of the traditional brokerage really stuck with me where, you know, there's it's just a transaction. It's a, it's a service, but um, it's kind of siloed how we always thought of it on, on, the, on the client side. And I think real-life who negotiated a space with a broker, signed a deal, and, you know, Series A, hyper-growth startup, they had no idea that the broker is not going to be doing the build-out. Um, they le legitimately thought that they're going to be the ones that are doing the work. Then, you know, the broker's like, oh, no, we don't, we don't really do that. We, we just provide the brokerage service. So then they had to go procure... Um, uh, like a, a architectural firm and then the architectural firm is like oh no we, we don't do the actual build like we're, we'll do the plans but then you have to find it like a GC so and then they literally came to us um, and that's when I you know I was working with Jen on teamwork and they said so like who manages all of this like who coordinates like how, I don't know what I'm doing I'm not in workplace I, I, I barely can remodel my bathroom at home you know, so I think um, to your point earlier, the way Hello really sees how to like redefine um, the service that we provide is exactly remove this friction and really like fill in this gap where we can come in and say, we're going to start from actually yeah. looking at your workplace and like defining the, the strategy. And then we're going to figure out what real estate, you know, will be in your portfolio and then how it's going to be supported and run and operated and so on and so forth. So. I just, I thought I that think, was an interesting yeah. example. Yeah. Yeah. I think to take what Julia said and, and like to kind of package that it's basically we're walking through all of the, like if you, if you look at workplaces in a circular fashion and like a cycle, 
we're, we're, we're with um, our clients every step of the way. And again, I go back to my own experience being on that side and I'm like, I wish I had somebody there to help me after I selected a spot or while I was selecting my location to say, Hey, you might want to consider this or um, these lights don't work well. in in your, in your culture, just be sure to make sure like, you know, you're going to have to adjust that when you go into build. Um, I think that's kind of what, what we, where we help people. And when you say what is workplace again, going back to that original thing, I think it's, um, it's more than just what's physical now. It's like the human component of it. I think being in the situation we're in, everybody's be a little bit more humanized. We see people's, you know, kids and their pets in the background. And, and it really, like, for me, at least, it's really been just great. Like, we joined a company. We didn't even get to physically see a lot of our team. But I feel like I know them so well. I literally am seeing their house every day. And, and I think that's building that culture and that environment and, and that sort of like community that we might feel has lacked a little bit by not being in that office, but it's still there. Maybe we can break down a little bit of what the certain things are that companies need to think about at the various stages of growth. So start with like a startup you guys are out there in, you know, the Bay area. That's pretty much almost what every company is if it's not a big tech company. So what is it, what is it like to be a startup thinking about its first office and what are some of the considerations that they need to take, uh, you know, to the, to the founding team? And then how does that change as, as the company grows? Yeah. You know, I actually think Matt, uh, it doesn't, you'd be surprised, you know, whether you're small, medium, large, hyper growth, steady state, you'd be amazed to know like how many of these companies don't have like a workplace at the seat of the table, um, so I would say it's not so like there, there's no like a recipe like this is what you do when you're in this stage. This is what you do when you're in this stage. I would say at any stage, like you should have workplace at the seat of the table as a voice, like as a champion, as someone who is leveraging uh, vendors and service providers for best practices and uh, who is out there networking, who who is who can speak to your workplace, you know, and sometimes it might not be a full-time person, which is why like our clients reach out to us because they want to have that voice, but they sometimes, you know, maybe not at the stage where they can hire top of the class team or they cannot maybe invest in that quite yet, but they're not missing the point about like having the voice. Um, and that's, I think like that's exactly how our, how, how we differentiate ourselves. Like we've been in these conversations. We've sat through every scenario planning, you know, whether we're going to be in one building, in multiple buildings, how do we support our employees globally? How do we, you know, what, you know, what amenities and perks, like how does our physical space is interpreted into, you know, an experience when someone comes in the office. So I, I think, uh, you know, Bonnie talked about guiding principles and that's exactly how we start a lot of our conversations. Like what's important to the, to, to one company might not be important to other. I guess what I'm hearing is that it's much more than just like the brick and mortar office space uh, than it is. Um, what is the experience that you're trying to provide your employees? Cause really when it comes down to it, it it's like you guys said it earlier, workplace is where people do their best work and that's not necessarily always in like a glass box of an office not every company has the luxury to 
have workplace at the table within the organization. So like if you're like Facebook, for example, I got to imagine just given their footprint that they have like a 50 to a hundred person like workplace team. And that probably has its own org chart all the way from like the head of workplace down to the people who unpack boxes for new employees and stuff like that. So where, like, what, is there an inflection point where you have to start thinking about having somebody uh, in-house um, or is, is any size company, um, able to fully outsource this to like a team like yours? From a workplace perspective, I think um, having that seat at the table is a really big deal. Obviously, knowing when you brought up Facebook, they do have a little bit of a luxury to have a full-on internal team. Um, and I think it, it takes sort of, it's, it's like a hybrid of where the company stands, what do they find important, and how can they leverage those outside relationships to help guide them until they feel like they're at a point where they might need to bring some of this back in-house. It doesn't, I don't, like there isn't a, it's like, hey, you've hit a hundred people, go go bring on a workplace person. There isn't really that type of structure, as he just mentioned, as Eels mentioned earlier. It's more of um, what's, what's most important to folks and how can you really, really work with the people who are sort of experts in, in this field of workplace to help guide you until you feel that you need to maybe um, shift modes and we can walk through what that could look like for folks too. It really isn't a one-size-fits-all um, we're working with different clients who are like at 500 and they are one person show and they really lean heavy on their, their relationships they've built. Again, it goes back to workplace being a very human role and really being about the relationships that you can build over time, whether you're a workplace person, an HR person, a finance person, um, it kind of goes back to like, who do you, who's in your network? How do you work with people and how can you leverage those relationships to help you? And, and, Second, it's like, how can you also leverage uh, technology to help you? Because we're also so, we're also in a new environment where we're so remote and um, technology has kind of helped people navigate this. I mean, you see, like we're all on Zoom and we're using this cool podcasting tool. We're all trying to figure this out, right? So where, where, where do you guys see people mm -hmm. make mistakes? And maybe some of these are more prophesizing on what are some of the mistakes that are going to be made over the next like two to three years as people respond to this new dynamic like give give me some examples of just like bonehead moves that people make when they're thinking about their workplace early <laughs> on um and what are the most common things that you see that people could just like quickly kind of clean up uh, around their workplace it's interesting you mentioned that matt because as we as we were talking earlier about you know, what, what the company needs and whatever, whatever stage, when do they have a hybrid of both teams working together, meaning like FTE and, and, and vendor resources. Um, and I love what Bonnie said, like not, there's not like a magic number or a prescription. It's, it's really depends on the guiding principles of the company and what they value. Um, and, you know, to your point, like what are some of the biggest mistakes? And I, I feel like COVID has really highlighted uh, a lot of, mistakes. <laughs> I, I feel like, I, you know, COVID has been this like a lens that just um, made some of these issues are that much more um, important. So for example, I mean, just the fact that so many companies don't have a workplace team, COVID highlighted that because now, you know, we are actually working with a lot of companies, you know, that it's maybe an, an admin or an office manager, or it's maybe it's, it's a completely like a, a HR team that's never done workplace before you know so we're 
we're realizing like a lot of these companies don't have workplace teams and don't have, again, back to us talking about having a seat at the table. So they are relying on outside services and, you know, vendors and uh, people like ourselves who then come in and provide that as a plug and play model. Like for one of our clients, uh, they, you know, they just needed a plug and play workplace team that can come in and help with the reentry with, um, supporting employees at, at, at home. Do we, you know, do we run the survey? What is the survey telling us? You know, we're seeing employees need a better setup at home. I mean, we were just joking. My, you know, Wi-Fi or the desk is not well set up. So like, how do you do that thoughtfully? And um, so that's kind of a lot of it. A lot of the mistakes that we're seeing is like not having the, the team to support this initiative, uh, number one. And I think something we touched on earlier is uh, tech. Um, I think we, <laughs> the tech has always, workplace tech has always kind of been pushed aside. I would say like, it's, it's always, you know, been deprioritized in the companies we worked at. Um, <laughs> well, we just had to work with what we had. We would join the company and there would be an existing tool and we would just figure out how to make it work. We, we wouldn't go out and like look for new technology that fit our needs because we're just problem solvers. We just need to get it done. You know, we're, there's so many things thrown our way as a workplace um, professional. So I think we would just make it work. But I think what COVID highlighted is not having, you know, the right tech in place mm -hmm. and not having the right data to help make some of these what are, decisions. What are some of those data is that you what, refer to? Um, like accelerated our need to change our mindset about all things workplace tech. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, you know, contact tracing uh, right now as a as a reentry tool, like there are over 7000 workplace techs out there. And what we do a lot with our clients is we help them by like mapping out their unique needs and challenges and like match it with the right technology. If they don't have a way to check in who's coming in. You know, let's look at the tech there. If you don't have the right way to track your leases and your obligations and figure out like, you know, analysis and what decisions yeah. we make, you know, we look at these tools as and well. I, and, and I you think know, some of the, the data too that. that we're hearing from our clients that they either don't have or they're, or they're struggling to have and that's why they need to have technology is like usage data. Like how many people can say without manually running your badging report or something, how many people were actually in the office pre-COVID? -pre and then how many people can say, and they're probably surveying their employees, that these X amount of people would like to come into the office. Like this type of data is shaping a lot of big decisions, not just in the immediate future, but in like people who are thinking about this five, 10 years from now, right? Companies, some companies are still thinking about the now and some are like, okay, we're past the now. Like, well, how are we shaping our decisions and what are we basing those decisions on um, five, 10, you know, X amount of years ahead? I think um, that's where, from a workplace st standpoint, the biggest mistake is not having those data points to drive your discussion. Um, and if you want, and if you're going to have a seat at that table, who are the stakeholders that you're talking to? What's important to them? And obviously, a lot of the suggestions or recommendations we make need to be backed by some sort of logic, <laughs> and it needs to be. We need to be able to have that at like our fingertips a lot of times, or it's a lot of work that's manual, running the benchmarking info gathering that all up in a spreadsheet, putting that into some kind of presentable form, and then sharing it up with leaders. There's headlines every day about 
oh, there's going to be X percent people working from home. Um, how many companies are going to go completely remote uh, or virtual first or something like that? Like, do you guys have any predictions as to how it's going to play out? And is is this really just like a buzzword talking point because we're in the middle of a pandemic? Oh, man, I wish we had like a magic eight ball to just say like, okay, guys, here's what we need to do. I think what I really <laughs> remind our, ourselves and our clients on is like, let's just not be so like, like we're going to make mistakes. Like we're still human. We're all going through our own thing, like internally, externally, and like with work and everything, like let's not be so, so hard on ourselves and let's not grab onto these headlines that are saying so-and-so is going full remote or so-and-so is coming back full air. Like you got to do what is right for your company. And it goes back to, well, what is right for your company? Did you establish that? I don't know if that uh, kind of makes sense, but I just find it super funny because like, of course, like I wish I had a magic eight ball to tell me everything that we needed to do in the next few years and months. Um, but really just define, defining it to help guide your decision-making process and really like um, falling back to those, to those principles and adjusting them as you kind of go through um, those decisions and just always reminding people how you came to those decisions is a big, big um, lesson learned. And, 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 yeah, just something like to quickly add, I mean, you know, the pandemic definitely has woken us all up. I, I feel like, you know, in the past to make a decision whether some group is going to be remote or are we going to have like no, you know, Wednesday meeting day or like it, it, we always had to kind of go through like buy-ins and consistent consensus, like change management in terms of like adapting to the new way of working. But with COVID, we didn't have to do that. Like it literally just happened. People like left the buildings and, and it's crazy. We, we actually like now going back to touring the buildings and just yesterday we yeah. were on the, on the office tour and you literally see exactly how things were left like back in March. It's um, <laughs> a little eerie. I think what it kind of showed like it's, you know, we didn't, we didn't have time to like work through all of these steps that we usually do. So we had to adapt, right? Like it just happened. And I think it was just like this forced pilot is what we're calling it. Like it just, you know, we had to all work through all these challenges. But I think what's been super refreshing is like seeing all these leaders, uh, you know, lead with empathy. And I, I think what it can kind of help a lot of us is just strengthen, you know, this feeling of like community. Like we joined the company without, like Bonnie said, like meeting them. But I think just our leaders have been so empathetic um, that it, it has helped like foster a collaboration. And how, how does workplace tie into the real estate strategy or vice versa? And like what what do you guys see as being kind of the main levers for um, decision making? I think as workplace leaders, um, when you're making these decisions, whether they're and how they're based, um, Usually what we found is the headcount could be one number from one particular group and then the boots on the ground, the actual people in the office are saying, actually, we're growing by X, Y, Z in our mind. And they're growing, including F full-time employees and maybe contractors. And those considerations are being taken account on, on another side of it. So it, we literally are the glue, I would say. We're bridging the gap between um, the office needing certain things and having these certain requirements and then maybe like the other group who's helping us make the financial group, maybe we're making these decisions together. We need to take into account all of these considerations and workplaces 
at the start of it. Like we're, we're at the, we're at the table, we're having the conversation and we keep saying having a seat at the table. It's like, it's literally the reason we need to is because these decisions will impact how we run our workplace, whether that's remote, whether that's partially in the office, whether that's having these like little offices in all these different areas, we're going to have to manage that. So how do we manage that? And how, how do we know what we're doing if we're not in these decisions at the beginning, like we're not having these conversations, we're not hearing from our own company, what are the biggest concerns they have? If we don't hear that, and we're trying to build a culture and experience and an engagement and an environment, um, and we don't consider those things, then we're, as workplace leaders, are we doing our best work? Like, that's a, that's a big question then. Yeah, Bon, I, I literally, <laughs> you kind of, you know, pull that exact same thought, the same thread. Um, like what I think we learned is like the companies can't be afraid to listen to like what employees want. You know, I think with COVID, um, the pandemic, it really like highlighted the mm -hmm. need for more communication, transparency, like information sharing. Um, and what we've seen a lot of companies, um, not actually like put out surveys asking their employees about their working conditions, like, what are your needs? You know, like, uh, what are the challenges? Like, do you expect to come back? When do you think you'll feel comfortable coming back? Like, do, how many days do you think you're going to come back? If you will, you know, would you consider relocating? Like, all of this is just like never has happened kind of before, you know? So I think what we learned, like, we can't be afraid mm -hmm. to listen. And I think employees are looking for flexibility, you know, and they want to share their experience. Like, we ran our own survey and it was, you know, eye-opening. People wanted to share their experience and kind of cultivate, like, that strongest sense of community. And I, I think a lot of employees are going to be, you know, closely tuning in, like, to see how companies are navigating through this. But I remember coming to visit you guys back at Pinterest. And mm -hmm. it was like, I wasn't even an employee there, but it felt like such, like, a seamless experience just, like, getting into your office. <laughs> like... You know, you guys booked me, I showed up, they knew my name, there was coffee in the lobby, like you <laughs> escorted me into this like gleaming, awesome employee cafeteria where there was more lunch options there than, you know, most people have like in their neighborhood. Um, and I imagine like all of that stuff was based on like surveys and data and information gathering <laughs> from the employee base and maybe even vendors and contractors and customers who were constantly coming in and out of your offices so that you could just provide like the most optimized experience. Yeah. But I think a lot of it, man, was also based on the guiding principles of the company. Like our tool, it was warm and welcoming and inspired. Like the, the goal for the tool was to inspire. So we wanted the space to be inspirational, warm. And, and it wasn't the same for like for Zynga, you know, it was playful and gaming. So like when you came in, it was like, you know, there was gaming and there was lights and you can go downstairs and, and, so every company and, and for Tesla was different, you know, it's a, it was a car company. So and I think, yeah. And I think just to kind of add um, as workplace mm -hmm. leaders too, we operate really behind the scenes. Like we, we don't like to, um, at least from my own personal experience, we're not, we're not trying to highlight everything we're always doing all the time. Like we're very strategic in how we, how we approach it with our employee base because um we'll hear a lot too. Like we'll get a lot of info. If we ask the, Hey, how's it going? We will receive a million different things about smoothies, about avocados and all these great things. And we're just like, Oh, okay. That wasn't what I was asking. But so I think it's like, um, as workplace, we need to really be, um, 
oh, uh, like if it works for your company and if it works for your culture, just be aware of what's what your employee base is thinking and, and feeling and wanting and doing. And and if you've established your, you know, your principles and you kind of have this sort of baseline of where to go and your general population believes that to be true as well, it'll help shape those conversations and shape those maybe all hands meetings that you might have where they're sort of a free forum and your employee base feels heard. Like guys, I think you guys are um, hitting on a nerve at this particular moment in history and obviously wish you guys the best of luck and so happy to be partnered with hello with, with occupier and, and hopefully we can continue to grow our relationship and um, we'd love to uh, revisit this topic with you guys, call it 12 months from now and we can kind of see how the dust is settled with this ma- major transition and update this conversation a little bit, but <laughs> thanks so much, Bonnie, Yulia, uh, always a pleasure. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon.